Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. But there's so many themes and levels to Saturday Night Fever. I'd it's say it's my top ten, one of my top ten movies. No, that's a bit too much. I don't know if it. I've ever seen it. What? Me no. It's a good movie, but Pulp Fiction is might be one of my top twenty movie favorite movies. So. Mm, not even, uh, not even sure it's Tarantino's best movie. So which one is that? It's not. Reservoir no, Dogs Reservoir is his bad movie. Oh, Jackie Brown, film. very underrated. Tarantino. Jackie, I've not I seen like that. It. Mm, I like very it. Very underrated. Okay. And Inglorious Bastards is really, really no, good. No, I've not also. seen that. Really good. Oh, the Kill Bill ones are good too. That's true. Do you know Inglorious Bastards was shot at the Babelsberg um, Film Studio in Berlin and Potsdam? There's a really good uh, film yeah. museum in Potsdam yeah. where it has all memorabilia from the film and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Went to the Harry Potter exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say it wasn't for me. It was in for, Berlin? Or? Yeah, no, oh. I was in Potsdam. Yeah, it wasn't oh, okay. for me. It was for somebody else's birthday. Right, right. Definitely not mine. That old chestnut. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, joining me, Ema Court, on today's One Football podcast is Matt Froelich. Hey. Dan Burke. Hello. And Joanna Bueno. Hi. Who's coming when she's sick. Yeah, that's oh. how much I love doing the podcast. <laughs> that's how dedicated she is to you, dear listeners. Uh, should you wish to get in touch, tell us what you think of the pod, send over any questions, then the address to do so is podcast.com. Or you can get onto iTunes, leave a review, let us know what you think, which is exactly what Casino Jake did. Absolutely love everyone who appears on the podcast. Doesn't matter who is the pick, uh, pick for that week. Everyone brings a unique aspect to this show, and I look forward to it every week. What a lovely comment. Thanks. It's nice, wow. isn't it? Yeah. I thought there was going to be like a butt at the end. <laughs> except for Matt Frodo. Yeah, except for Matt. Mm-hmm. Wow, YouTube star Matt Frodo. really nice stuff. It's weird, isn't it, people being nice these days? It doesn't feel right. Uh, <laughs> negative sensationalism runs the media. So. Mm. Uh, the Champions League is back. That's something to be positive about. Mm. Yeah, we're all nodding. Very good. I was texting my brother-in-law... Shout out to Julian uh, about this on Tuesday night. I predicted Dortmund PSG would be 4-3, but all we got was three measly goals. Who's to blame for this? Is it my over-optimism or is it, was it the Dortmund midfield or who? Who can I blame? Yeah, I kind of thought it, this tie would be like 10-9 on aggregate or something. It may, it may still will be in the second leg, <laughs> who knows? But yeah, it was a bit more kind of cagey than you would have expected. I think it was 69 minutes the first goal came. Um, I thought it was still quite an interesting game though like Dortmund are just so fun to watch that forward line of theirs is just so enjoyable so much like interchanging going on um, PSG looked pretty dangerous on the break the whole time so yeah it was a good game um, some great goals which I'll, uh, I'm sure we'll come on to mm. well, we might as well should we get to the topic at hand uh, Erling Haaland uh, I'm running out of words to say but is he better is he better than we thought he's definitely better than I thought <laughs> okay yeah, I mean, a guy shows out of nowhere in the small team scoring a lot of goals. You always say, like, ah, it's okay, it's a small league, and, you know, he's scoring a lot of goals because he doesn't have an opponent, and then he was lucky. And then everybody starts saying that he might be the next big thing and 100 million or whatever, and you, I'm always very careful with that. But I have to say that he's been proving himself a top player. Yeah, I mean, he goes to Dortmund, what, what was that, like 55 minutes, and he's scored three goals and he's the player of the month I've never seen that before mm-hmm. I mean he enters the pitch he scores a goal so you're you think he is he's even better than we originally anticipated 
Yeah, I think he is growing to be a very, very good player. But the thing is, I originally anticipated he wasn't such a big thing because I don't follow the media hype whenever a guy scores three goals in the same match. So I'm very careful with that. Also, being Brazilian, we always have the next big thing every week. So it's nice being careful with that. But yeah, I think he's very, very... Uh, Talented, he knows how to shoot on goal because you know sometimes these guys they shoot like balls flying all over the place. He's extremely fast, um, motivated. I think you can't really stop him right now. Well, he's still not as tall as you, Dan. That's right. Yeah. What did I said to you yesterday that he's letting the tall guy community down by yeah. having not just a good touch for a big man, but a good turn of pace for a big man. <laughs> I always put my lack of pace down to the fact that I'm so tall, and he's just like yeah, he's just ruining that completely out the window really? yeah he's four four centimeters shorter than i am um, you'll always have that on him Dan. Yeah. <laughs> he may be off scoring champions league goals but you're taller than exactly him. yeah people were saying that he he also um he completed a 60 meter sprint in 6.64 seconds which is just uh, i think the world record is 6.34 seconds That's but insane. i also saw someone else on twitter calling bullshit on that and saying that the way that they would measure that in athletics is completely different and he would never register that same speed coming out of the blocks as he did wasn't the speed taken like at the, the his top speed yeah I think so, so. it wasn't like a, a like a starting mm. block speed that you would mm. have in athletics it'd be impossible to tell but yeah. regardless but it's still it amazing fast. right yeah. and yeah. he was the one who cleared the ball when he sprinted he was the one who cleared oh, the head away from mm. the corner mm. then got up there what I loved that was so funny when I first watched it I don't know if you guys seen the video there's a black circle around Haaland that highlights him and I thought it was like magnified zoomed in and it wasn't it was just <laughs> yeah. just yeah. I was like well they've zoomed in pretty far and then it just disappears and he's still that massive like this sort of dinosaur running down the field that's he's ridiculous that's second goal what a strike what a yeah. strike it, it was uh, I, I, you, if you look back at it, you see he's ever so slightly, the ball is a bit too far away from him, which is why he falls over when he strikes it. And that's what helps him. Is He's stretching ever, ever so slightly. And because of that, he's leaning back. And when he hits it so well, the ball just slowly and gradually rises up and up. And yeah, it's a phenomenal strike. But I just think, I think he's a new breed of striker. And I talk about this you know, fairly a lot in the footballing circles, that you're seeing a new... Strikers and attackers in the game are developing more and more bows to their arrow that just defenders cannot deal with. Defenders have been great um, in the past and they will continue to be brilliant. Mm. But strikers are evolving at a different kind of rate. I mean, it's proven the fact that defenders often play to an older age and can still, you know, do a bit and... You know, if they lose their pace, well, do they ever have it in the first place? You know, there's positioning, there's, you know, strength and being good in the air and, you know, players like Per Mertesacker. But th these guys who come in who are just athletes, who are tall with a good touch and who are fit and who are quick, who can left foot, right foot, head it, who can shift the ball with incredible skill as well, just a different breed of human. It sounds Never like Dan. Mind, yeah, a different <laughs> breed of, fo of footballer. And they'll, they'll just continue to dominate. What, yeah. what other examples would you have then? Cause ha well, I mean, Ronaldo set the tone. Mm. Ronaldo sets the tone for an all-round athlete who... And I, I remember... Um, Ah, what was his name? Fernando Mira. Do you remember him as any really random sort of 
quote here. He used to play for Porto and Portugal and all this kind of stuff. Mm. I'm impressed that you think I would know who that is. Yeah, well, he's a pretty big player. You, you flatter um, me. Anyway, I, well, I spoke to him when I met him a few years ago and I asked him about Ronaldo and he said, it's impossible because whatever you do, he's got the other answer. And that really kind of sets the tone for every other strike. And you look at it now, what, what can't Mbappe do? He's probably not the greatest header of the ball, but everything else, forget about it. Haaland, everything. Neymar, again, heading, but apart from that, everything. Can't stay on his feet. Right, right. <laughs> but when, he, when he's doing his bits with the ball, Ronaldo is the same. You know, obviously Messi height-wise is a bit fair to judge him on his heading ability. Um, but even, even the other attackers that are kind of flying through at ridiculous speeds and have the control, human mm. son as well, you never know which way he's going to go. Timo Werner has Dembele, came to Timo Werner, mm. like... These guys will have three or four ways of beating a defender, whereas defenders kind of got one way of stopping you. Get the ball, and if they can't, they're taking you down. Okay. You know Holland. who Haaland reminds me of? Adriano, our dear emperor. <laughs> oh, the emperor. Yes. Tall guy, yeah. strong, runs fast, scores yeah. from outside the box with his right leg, with his ref- left leg, uh, header. He's complete. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's hope he doesn't quite go the way of Adriano. <laughs> yeah, well, well, if he does half of what Adriano did, it's good enough already. But, but, but it, it was like the great example, Adriano. I remember when he was pretty young in the Brazilian national team or the, the youth teams. I remember hearing about and you'd see him like beat a few people and running behind he was super super quick and then when when he came to Inter Milan everyone's like don't give him any space don't let him run and Adriano was like okay I just smash it from 30 yards as hard (laughs) as possible breaks the net Mm. and then you're like oh well we're damned if we do damned if we don't Mm. and so many attackers like that and it's making for players like Haaland. It was Adriano's birthday the other day. Sorry. Oh, sorry, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Haaland reminds me of uh, Robin Van Persie a bit as well. Ooh. Got that same sort mm. of sweet left foot. I think he has the potential to be better than Van Persie. I don't yeah. know if Van Persie was really registering these numbers when he was 19, was he? So it stands to reason that we've got a very, very good player on our yeah. hands. Yeah. So many stats going around about them. Uh, he scored 10 Champions League goals in just seven appearances, reaching the tally uh, four games quicker than any other player in the competition's history. First BVB player to ever score his debut in his Bundesliga Pokal and Champions League and of course his his long jump game is strong too right yeah so he holds that someone uh, put on Twitter yesterday that he holds the world record for the the longest standing jump for a five year old in the world yeah and apparently he was (laughs) really good yeah apparently he was really good at handball when he was a kid as well Norway's handball coach wanted him to play handball for Norway Um, I was quite good at handball when I was younger as well actually so that's something else we've got in common (laughs) Olympic Olympic handball or that sort of handball they play in Ireland? Uh, what's the handball they play in Ireland? Like it's sort of in an alley and you sort of throw the ball against the wall, I think. Oh, isn't that fives? Is that called fives? I think so. Yeah, no, no. That. The, that's, that's fives? Yeah. The handball's actually grown massively. It's big in Germany. Yeah, they love it. Here. I love it. Yeah. It's great. It's wonderful to go see. Much better than football. That's <laughs> what I would say. Um, quick Adriana question. Did he celebrate his birthday in any style? There wasn't anything for it? Or? Nothing in the media, but I'm sure he did. Sure <laughs> it wasn't a quiet night. He's a guy that knows how to enjoy life. I mean, he quit football because he wants to enjoy his friends and life and that's it. He's got enough money to do so. Now. Yeah, he, yeah. Do, he does. There was once uh, a post on Instagram where he was like partying or something and someone commented, don't you run out of money? And he answered, no. Fair enough That's great Uh, So everybody's talking about Haaland That Jadon Sancho lad Mm. 
he's pretty good. He's going to be big. He's going to be yeah. big, isn't he? <laughs> I actually thought him alongside Witzel and uh, Zagadou were the... I mean, Haaland obviously takes headlines, but I thought they were brilliant too. Mm. Zagadou watching him reminded me of a song we used to sing about Richard Dunn at City. He's here, he's there, he's fucking everywhere. <laughs> he was, he was just all over the place, dealing with everything, yeah. 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 And, and Witzel's a great player as well, I love. Dortmund have got so many cool players who aren't maybe quite at the top level. <laughs> But they're just mm. such a, as a team, they're just so enjoyable to watch. It was brilliant. Yeah. I actually thought as well, as well, PSG, Verratti was brilliant as well. Yeah, he was, yeah. Oh, I hate Very, I really think Verratti's overrated, but really, like, he played okay. He, he had that. a really, really good game. And Sancho, yeah, it's just, Sancho's another one of these just different breed of players. But I feel like Sancho, because uh, I was talking to Lewis Ambrose about this, he goes under the radar a little bit because he's just so good. Mm-hmm. People don't quite, this is like, what is he, 19? Yeah. He's yeah. arguably the best player in a Champions League round of 16 game he's providing assists left right and centre for, for BVB in the Bundesliga he, he's insane for me Sancho is one of these players who his stats speak more than his highlights as a football player I don't find him necessarily interesting I'm not sure he's ouch you know I, I, w- I can't see him sort of going on like the craziest dribbles past like three or four players with a certain flair and arrogance. He is just, I'm quicker than you. Oh, I think there's more to him there, than There's that. more to that, but he's very quick and he's very efficient with what he does and he can turn you like that and he's in and he puts the ball across and they finish and, you know, he puts the ball in the back of the net. Whether he's a sort of, you know, flamboyant Neymar sort of player, probably not. Like, you know, if, if you watched... Sancho's, as I say, if you watched his highlights, you'd be like, yeah, he's crossing the ball in, he's putting the ball in the back of the net, he's doing it very quickly and it's very great. But there's, I wouldn't necessarily say there's, I don't know, personally, there's an attraction to the style of player that he is. But, yeah, his his stats are unbelievable. As a former winger, Mm. I I feel an affinity, in much the way Dan does for uh, (laughs) Haaland. Uh, Although you didn't, were you a striker or were you... I was a goalkeeper or a centre half. Yeah, okay. I was never allowed to play in the fun positions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what went wrong for PSG, and should we blame Thomas Tuchel? Anybody want to take that one? I, I just think it's they are a two-man team. I saw the game, and I, you know, that Neymar came out afterwards and said I wasn't played in the few games beforehand, so I didn't have a chance mm. to get momentum and get match fitness. Dortmund pretty much kicked the crap out of Neymar. Um, for quite a lot of the game he was fouled a lot and when you stop him it looks like you stop PSG he didn't have a great game him and Mbappe didn't link up so well when that doesn't happen there isn't really sort of someone else you know what I mean when you when you identify the two main guys and you stop them you know it should be up to Di Maria or you know another attacking player I, I don't think Draxler came on um, did he and neither did Icardi who you could be like oh you may have stopped Neymar but you know we've got blah 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 and it just didn't happen I just thought you keep Neymar and Mbappe quiet and that's about it if Neymar's not running it then the other players sort of look to think well if Neymar can't do it then we haven't got a chance see I think they were right to kick Neymar <laughs> oh no 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 completely and I think Dortmund's game plan worked mm. you know let's go and kick Neymar let's stop him getting into his rhythm getting into his funk and you know playing good football and they did and it worked and PSG went oh well he's not doing it so none of us can and it was sort of a bit because mm. Mbappe was dropping too deep then and not as effective exactly as and days, Di Maria so. I think didn't have his brightest game even though he's been good recently and yeah there was no one to sort of pick up the slack when Neymar's not on form and unfortunately it sends a bit of a message to the rest of the Champions League that mm. this could potentially be one way of stopping uh, PSG 
Old Neymar. I you mean, mentioned in your um, notes there about the formation change oh, yeah, for PSG as well. So they yeah. usually play this really attacking 4-4-2. Mm. Uh, Tuchel uh, decided to go for a 3-4-3 for this game, which I think was quite a sensible idea because he probably didn't want to you know, get exposed by Dortmund and end up conceding loads of goals in the first leg. Save that for the second leg. Um, maybe sort of overthought it a little bit in the way that Pep Guardiola sometimes can. Like you say, mm. Mbappe was getting pretty isolated up front because mm. um, Auer was providing a lot of width on the left, but Mounier wasn't really getting forward. Forward, so they were a bit imbalanced, a bit predictable, yeah. and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he goes back to the four four two for the the second leg and just try to blow Dortmund away at home. Then it, it is another thing to do if you're so used to and your team are so used to this uh, formation, just go ahead and play him in it. Mm. Just go out and win the game. Yeah, I think, I think, he, I think the main so problem is that they're very used to you know the other teams adapting to PSG. They have their style. They go and play in the in the, in the French league. You know their style, and the other teams are the ones that need to you know mark Mbappe or put a, a stronger midfield. But then in the Champions League, it's different, especially when you face a team like Dortmund, a team with such a strong attacking line and so offensive, and a team that has been improving a lot through the season, like the second half of the season. It's a completely different and then they have to adapt to that team and I don't think Tuchel knew how to like he probably mm. thought you know let's you know focus on Neymar pass the ball to Neymar how to align his defense to fight Haaland and Jadon Sancho I, I don't think he could I'm not a fan of Tuchel I think he's overrated it's as a bit a of a make or break tie for him this I think if oh, he yeah, knocked, very out, much so. knocked out by his old club mm. that might be it for him at PSG really and then who knows where he goes after and that players as well yeah I see, who did they get in after that? Because it doesn't seem like anybody can keep that club in check or get it where it wants They seem to, be. to get managers for me who are very good, but who kind of want a stat pad. It's the Real Madrid Galacticos complex. Yeah. They had the biggest team ever, and the the uh, coach Lu- was Luxembourgo. <laughs> yeah, or the the Portuguese guy that was assistant to Carlos Queiroz. Yeah, mm. exactly. So they always had the, they or after that Pellegrini when Pellegrini was not a big thing, and and then they always think like you know the team can play itself. The coach is just sitting on the bench and lining up, and it's not like mm. that. But I think that's why a coach would be attracted to it because if you're failing a bit, you can just sort of go no I'll just go win a few titles in France make my make my CV look better and then sort of get a better job realistically you're there for the Champions League (laughs) yeah Yeah. I mean that's really what you it'd be like Madrid you're there for the Champions League exactly Uh, no well they've got a much stronger uh, battle on their hands for the Liga as well elsewhere Liverpool actually lost the game of football Mm. that's weird they weren't too salty about it afterwards, so no, it's all okay. they do not like it. No, <laughs> they're yeah. not used to it. No, they're not used to it these yeah. days. Though. Who saw this one? Dan, did you see this one? Uh, I did, yeah, yeah. What, what did you make of it all? How did it yeah, happen? it was an interesting game. Um, Liverpool conceded a really soft goal after, I think it was four minutes, mm. pretty poorly defended corner which Koke uh, tapped in um, they struggled to create anything meaningful Liverpool they didn't have a shot on target over the whole game in the end um, I looked at the XG it was 1.1 to 0.5 in Atleti's favour so he looked at the XG oh yes wow. all about the XG yeah um, yeah so I mean I think uh, Liverpool have still got every chance of, of turning this around in, in the um 
second leg, but uh, it was a classic Simeone athletic performance. He was uh, going crazy on the touchline all game, getting the crowd going. I think the atmosphere played mm. a big part. Corner here, goal and, and then put everyone inside the box yeah. and keep the result as it is. Yeah. Hate it. And I think Liverpool are hoping to sort of fight fire with fire with their, their Anfield atmosphere in the second leg. So it's going to be an interesting one that by. Yeah. So it's not quite a blueprint for anybody else. It's just classic Simeone shithousery, basically. Yeah, I mean, they, they let Liverpool just have the ball. Um, I think Liverpool had 75% possession in the first half, but no shots on goal. So Atleti are just yeah. kind of good at that. And then if they sense you're about to sort of make a bit of a mistake in midfield, they can pounce on you and, and counter-attack against mm-hmm. you. Liverpool obviously are beatable, but it's... Um, it's it's only half time in this tie. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I can appreciate Atle- uh, Simeone and what he does with Atleti, and, and I, I it don't. works. It works, so I can't mm. argue with it. But I wouldn't pay to watch it. No, I don't. I hate <laughs> it. I think it's it works. It's efficient. You know, he's made it to two Champions League final, but he didn't win the Champions League. <laughs> and to me, it's anti-football. And if I was an Atleti fan, I'd be pretty pissed. I prefer you know uh, playing. I don't know, maybe having a 4-3, but actually playing a match, playing a good football that you can be proud of. And I really don't like that. I didn't watch the match, but uh, a friend said, you know, I could have stopped watching it for minutes because nothing else happened afterwards. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, and he's the highest paid manager in the world. I, I, I kind of like disagreed with the whole bit from, from Liverpool and the whole shtick about him defending deep. Because that's what he's paid to do oh totally and this, this yeah. is what I didn't get and people saying oh he defended this and that he's not going to go out and attack Liverpool I mean he may be stupid to me only, but he's not that stupid but he doesn't have a bad team <laughs> he can play you know Liverpool as if it's a regular adversary instead of you know I'm a small team you're yeah. a big team and I'm going to put everyone in front of the but, goal and the ball's not going to pass yeah, but, but the that's thing is, what I don't like because he's a coward he doesn't go forward oh, but he knows harsh. but no no but he knows that he doesn't have the ability to go forward yes he does he has Morata well John Felix didn't play but he has a good team he's not as good as Liverpool but he can try no, no I but see, then I, I would, I would tend to agree. Like Simeone knows his team. They lost Griezmann. They've been incredibly goal shy. Very poor in front of goal. They have one win in their last six. And oh my word! I don't know if you saw Morata's chances. Good God! Oh, what's what happened a to Morata? Game from Morata. He knew that Morata was terrible. He knows that Diego Costa's not pitching him with any goals. And he knows if he goes any further forwards than the halfway line, Mane, Salah, Firmino are too quick and will punish them. This is would be stupid from Simeone I'd, if I was the board if I was an Atletico fan I'd be like you idiot you've seen the best team in world football kill every single side and you want to go and attack them what, are, you, are you mental but I, I can understand why he does it I just I wouldn't want to watch it I'm sorry. Okay, well, I, I completely disagree Flamengo does not mm. play in the Spanish league and Flamengo played top level with against mm. Liverpool and they lost five minutes to the end of the extra time from yeah. a very lucky goal by Fermi you know, they they attacked Liverpool. Yeah. They gave Alisson a lot of trouble. They went for it. They didn't mm. say, "Oh, I'm a South American team." You know, they're Liverpool. They've been unbeaten for a thousand matches. I'm just gonna, you know, try to mm. score in a in a counter and hold back as much as I can. They went for it. That was a great match. One off affair, though. This is a two-legged tie. Yeah, He's going to be a big cage. I would have thought. You're you're picking one example of a Flamengo game, 
Whereas Simeone is picking the last 43 Premier League games as an example. Yeah, but if he was a good man, yeah. if, if he was a good coach, he could have just set a team in order to play against Liverpool. Just like, for example, when Belgium beat Brazil in the mm. World Cup, Belgium set a team to beat Brazil. That team would not beat any other team in that formation that they played there unless just for yeah. Brazil. They, he armed the match exactly as it was supposed to be and it worked so i think that if you have the pl- if you have the pieces to you know yeah. put the puzzle together and he does of course it's not the best team it's not the atleti that went to the champions league yeah. final but he does have a good team he can set the pieces you know annul for example like they annulled name uh, neymar and mbappe you can annul the best players yeah. over there firmino sala and maybe score in a in a better way than just a corner that the ball was <laughs> running through the corner nobody knew what to do with that and then ended up in the but, but in they the did net. but that's what I mean that's what Simeone did yes it's anti-football he identified the way in which to beat Liverpool and he pulled it off would you call him a coward to his face Joanna <laughs> yes I would <laughs> but like I he, would he I hate knew. him and he was, he's been a coward forever he stabbed some people in the pitch <laughs> is this a Brazil Argentina thing might be <laughs> <laughs> might be okay, we've identified that one uh, meanwhile, something is rotten in the state of Spurs, Matt. Mm. It's really rotten. Yeah, the the um, the chairman failed to identify that we needed a striker, despite the fact that everyone in the footballing world could see it. But you got another attacking midfielder. That should have helped. I right? know. Mm. Oh, good God! Uh, so I taught them out thought, outplayed, outfought, outclassed. Mm. Uh, does that about, is that about sum it up, or am I being uh, too harsh? Yes. It is sort of up and I thought Jose Mourinho switched to a 4-4-2 um, and I was thinking what's he doing and then I realised he had no other choice he had no attackers I don't think you can trust one when, you, when you've got one striker up front he's the focal point of the team and Kane does it brilliantly and you need one player to ask an attacking midfielder to be the focal point is so difficult so they'd need support so you had to go two up front um, and then yeah you kind of had to go four midfield to to kind of um, back that up effectively because you weren't really going to do anything else a 3-5-2 would have become a 5-3-2 an ultra defensive at home to, to Leipzig and I just think Spurs aren't good enough the players aren't good enough there's I was tweeting about it last night rather angrily uh, there are four Champions League quality players in the Tottenham side name them Kane and Son who were injured and Dombele who has unbelievable quality but is, is, seems to be unfit for whatever reason not up to speed of the Premier League and Giovanni Lo Celso who was brilliant last He's night amazing. and mm. and is a phenomenal footballer is everything that Ericsson wishes he could be um, and He's still not over that yeah, Ericsson the Don't new Dembele hmm? discuss the new Dembele Lo Celso yeah. Brilliant. And La Celso really, even though it's quite small, has this real sort of fight um, and spirit. And yeah, those those are the, the four players. There were other players, Davis Sanchez and Harry Winks had good games, but the rest of them aren't good Lurie, enough. played okay. Yeah, okay. I've also given up judging goalkeepers because it's such a difficult <laughs> thing to judge that I don't know. Personally, I think Lloris is a great shot stopper. You know, he's incredibly agile, but then he also makes the most ridiculous mistakes. Oh, yeah. Including in the World Cup final and also can't kick a ball to save his life, even though he's a footballer. So, you know, he's. I'm, I've given up with, with goalkeepers. But yeah, in terms of the rest of them, the Spurs squad aren't good enough and Leipzig could have been 3 or 4 0, I reckon. Uh, I noticed you didn't mention Deli Ali. Useless, <laughs> horrendous, horrendous footballer. 
<laughs> wow. Just, just when you watch what him, he's happened just... happened to him this season? What a shame that he's is. Just, uh, the, the thing is, and I, a part of it is Harry, uh, Harry Kane as well. Deli Ali needs Kane in front of him. Ali is one of these players who, unfortunately, he's very, very unique. I don't think there are quite many other players like Deli Ali. But his uniqueness has taken him to the point where he's incapable of adapting. He just... You change one thing about the team. You change one player. You change one bit of tactic and he's gone. He's lost. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where he is. doesn't know where he's running. He doesn't know how to play with other players. If there is a specific circumstance where there's a guy two yards behind him and then the defender's out of position and then Kane's running but Son's not, but then all the stuff, you know, and the sky's blue and there's a bit of rain and this one little nutmeg flick will work, great. But the amount of circumstances that are required for Ali's flicks and nutmegs as goal scorers to happen <laughs> are so small that he can't adapt to the other 95% of football matches. Every time he gets it, he loses it. You can't really tell he's a Spurs fan, yeah. can no, you? But, but, but <laughs> the thing doesn't is, come the, across. The thing is about Ali, right? His tricks and his flicks were unexpected for the first few years. And he came in as this sort of, you know, is he a number 10? Is he a striker? Is he a midfielder? And it's clear he's not a striker and he's definitely not a midfielder. He was this sort of in-between that in this quick attacking Spurs side was good floating about and pulling off the tricks and the passes and the goals. But now when you need him to stand up and play a more mature game, he hasn't got it. He hasn't got that one thing that takes him to the next level. The, the, the speed of Sancho, nope. The trickery of Son, nope. The finishing of Kane, nope. The strength of Haaland, nope. The hold-up play of Ibra, nope. There's not one standout thing when you go, God, I'd hate to be that defender because Ali's going to roast him. He he's, hasn't got it. He's good on social media. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's not. Just he's, he's good with this finger tricks that he yeah. does, you know? But this is what I mean. Ali's, Ali's game, he can't turn it. You know, there's when someone gets the ball, you think, don't let, you know, don't let Perlo hit a long pass because he's brilliant. Then let Ali hit a long pass. It won't make it. Don't let Deli Ali long shoot. Really? Don't let him this. Don't let him that. Let him do whatever. Because when he's got the ball, I mean, he's just sort of going to knock it four yards and that's about it. He might not make someone to win a free kick. But there's no, there's no star quality to him. And it's not just him. It's a lot of the Spurs players. But Ali is really, really... Yeah, he's he's not going to go up. What's he going to do? Okay, tell us what you really think next yeah. time. Uh, Sorry, I just had to say my <laughs> bit. Oh, good. Just uh, did you see Mourinho's press conference after the game? Uh, yeah. I saw clips of it on the One Football app. Yeah, yeah me too. Actually, yep. yeah, yeah. So the end of the press conference, this journalist said to him, uh, "Jose, was it a case of uh, Leipzig being good or Spurs being bad?" And he said, "You think we were bad?" And the guy was like, "Well, you lost one nil." <laughs> and he was just sort of thought about it for a second. He was like, "No." Nah. Stupid question. I'm not going to answer that. Just walked off. As yeah. he was walking off, he went, good question, mate. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to him, I've heard some stupid questions asked at press conferences in my time, but that was yeah. up there with yeah. one of the stupidest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Spurs... Still, Spurs, salty enough from me. You could have just... Spurs, unfortunately, everything went to book last night. Mm. What do you expect from a team who's lost both their best attacking players to injury? You expect them to huff and puff and not have much end product, and that I, was Spurs last night. I expect them to play Troy Pirate. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on there. I heard some less than uh, savoury rumours about him in the... Uh, well, you can tell us those off air. In the winter break. Tell yeah. us those off air. <laughs> uh, Leipzig, I guess they'll be disappointed with just one nil. It could have been two or three. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially in the first half. They had quite a few chances, hit the post a few times. Werner had a guilt chance where he decided to sort of 
poke it towards yeah, Lloris. straight at the goalkeeper. That was really hard. odd. That. And Lloris must have thought, oh, good, it's just hit me. Mm. I, I fully expected that to hit the back of the net. Um, but yeah, in the second leg, they'll be at home, they'll have their defenders back, and Leipzig will be ruthless. And my word, if Spurs pull this off, it'll almost be bigger than Ajax. Like, they're just with no attackers and nothing. But you don't expect them to. No. I'll be there. I'll be there in Leipzig. Oh, you're going? Yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. Oh, sure, it's just down the road. It is. But, yeah, I can't... I mean, who, who's going to score? Who's going to do anything? You can't I mean, you can't rely on a Lucas Moura hat-trick every game. <laughs> it's, just, it's a bit harsh on him to expect that. Uh, poor Lucas. Yeah, he tries. Okay. Uh, and finally, I'd like to make an extended welcome to our new Champions League overlords at Atlanta. Hmm. Holy hell. Yeah. Anyone see this one? Remember when we were doing the Champions League draw podcast and we were saying like who's going to pass and who are, you know, the expectations for the match. And mm. then you said, oh, let's skip Atalanta Valencia. I said, no, 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 no. From what they've been doing in the last few matches, they're going to be a, a good match. They're going to score a lot of goals. Mm. Mm. It's hard to hear you at the moment over the sound of your own trumpet there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. No, beating they, Valencia. They have been impressive. Home. I think yeah. in some parts they're a bit of an unknown quantity especially in the European stage which makes them a bit a bit more difficult to deal with but for me they're very much um, a term like Sheffield United I think a team like Sheffield United the Premier League where the sum of all their parts is so good and they're so brilliant but if you were to take one or two players out they wouldn't stand out in another Champions League side what they do is good for them with their players at this time working mm. if you took them in another stage or another way then it wouldn't quite be there but I think they're very sort of gung-ho they remind me of Blackpool when they came to the Premier League <laughs> do you remember Blackpool just went to hell with defence yeah. we'll just try and score as many as Gary possible. Taylor Fletcher yeah <laughs> Gary Taylor Fletcher and you know they had they had the one or two bits of quality like you know Charlie Adam and um, mm. who's the other one Charlie Adam yeah no. well, Charlie Charlie was the main one but Atlanta are the same they've got these bits of quality especially Josip Ilicic and um, Pablo Gomez who are sort of the stars and when they're on form and they're confident like they have been the last year they can make things happen but I think certainly against a team who is better at attacking because Valencia were very poor then they'll find themselves out yeah. Yeah, well, Atala- be- sorry Atalanta have got um, 63 they've scored 63 goals in Serie A this mm. season which is about 20 more than Inter and Juve mm. but they've conceded 32 goals <laughs> yeah. so it kind of tells you all you need to know about that team doesn't yeah, it yeah they play Joanna's type of football like. yes. that's exactly yeah. what she wants to yeah, say but to I think we have to be fair also that Valencia lost Rodrigo and Rodrigo's like from 30 to 50% of the team yeah. so without their best striker uh, they, they couldn't really go that far but you know conceding four mm. goals is a bit too much we yeah, also exactly. had Elio Kim Mangala playing for them which is basically yeah. a, a handicap from the I beginning I saw him running yeah. back yes. and I thought he's yeah. not making this I would probably be more effective in that team than him <laughs> uh, so Friday last week it was announced that Manchester City are doing their own version of Brexit uh, for the next <laughs> two years uh, my first reaction was wow it, it really was I mean it really was a wow moment yeah, I'm that guessing. wasn't my first reaction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was yours? Something with well, fuck, I imagine. Quite, yeah, I mean, quite apart from the fact that announcing something like that on a Friday evening, I think, is a real dick move. Announcing that on Valentine's Day is just taking the piss. <laughs> I mean, I've just put Barry <laughs> White on. Your I, was, yeah, right I was preparing a lovely meal, and then I, I have to deal with this, and then all night, then I'm getting texts from people. What do you think of this? Oh, uh, no. I, I thought about releasing a uh, communicado official at one point, <laughs> just so I didn't have to deal with these texts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the background to it, Dan? 
Uh, we'll see. Oklahoma City, they've done nothing wrong. They are <laughs> adamant about that to the point where it's like, wow, you better have the receipts for all this if you're going to keep saying that you've done nothing wrong. Because this is, is this from Soriano. Yeah, this is like you know, for, for people like Soriano, mm. the, the CEO, it's career defining, and he did a, um, a, a, a released a, an interview via the club's website yesterday where they basically said we're going to fight this. Um, the, uh, the the punishment, the two year Champions League ban, is subject to an appeal in the Court of Arbitration for Sport. And um, his his statement basically amounted to Kevin Keegan. They've got to go to Cass and get something. But <laughs> this isn't done yet. I would love it if we beat them, kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, how it's I all, hope how it's the all Man City out. accountant gets a pay rise for sorting through all this this paperwork. <laughs> it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of paperwork. <laughs> but the allegation is that they, in a nutshell, they inflated their sponsorship deal with Etihad, overinflated it, and they used various other sort of uh, schemes to kind of circumvent the financial fair play. Okay. Uh, regulations. Okay. Which is more or less what PSG does or something. Yeah, right. Why is City the only team that do this? Well, well let's, let's, oh, let's allegedly. all let's put, put a very nice allegedly in there before yeah. anybody uh, gets onto us over any of this. Yeah. Um, you wrote a very interesting piece about this the other day. Mm. Did you want to summarize it in a couple of sentences? Is that possible? <laughs> Not really. I mean, it was 1,300 words in the end, wasn't it? But it was about that <laughs> in the end. Yeah, I mean... I, <laughs> I have a view on financial fair play, which perhaps isn't shared by everyone, but I've always thought that financial fair play, um, whether it was it was brought in for reasons to kind of stop clubs from, to kind of save clubs from themselves and stop clubs doing what like Leeds and Portsmouth did and go out of business. Mm. If that was the intention, then that isn't really how it's worked out. I think it has kind of protected the elite clubs from having other clubs kind of crash their party and, um, you know, the basic principle of financial fair play is that you can only spend what you earn but you can only if you um, aren't uh, good on the pitch and you're not going to earn money so it's sort of a bit of a catch-22 really for, for clubs who are trying to kind of break into the top six mm. and the Champions League and all that sort of stuff and if you're earning tons then you can continue to exactly yeah you know. so it just kind of ring fences those uh, those clubs a little bit I think um, that's my view on it uh, the, the and you had a couple of suggestions uh, what would be better way to, yeah, to I, deal I think, with all of this I think in principle it's a good idea but I think it needs to be a lot fairer I think we need to look at salary caps like they have in, in American sports um, one of my ideas which seems a little bit too simple Simplistic, and when something seems too simplistic, there's probably a reason why it wouldn't work. But I thought, what if share it with us now, and we'll decide if yeah, it would work or what not. What if instead of you, only, you can only spend what you earn, you can invest whatever you want, but your uh, budget is capped to a certain level each season. So you can only spend 150 million euros net per season. That's so you your, can't tra- go your buy, transfer budget. Yeah, you can't go and buy Neymar for 200 million unless you sell someone else for 50 million euros, and that's that's your budget. And all right. Uh, the, the sort of lesser clubs wouldn't be able to spend that amount of money but it was kind of raining I mean the transfer market is getting crazy isn't it I think it would kind of rain in some of these crazy transfer fees that we're seeing a little bit and, and stabilise the market a little bit and um, I think that would be a sensible solution but well, like let's, put said, it, let's put it to the, to the committee here uh, a transfer budget where you can it's capped and you can only spend a certain amount yeah what do you think I think I think it's one fair idea, yeah. But I think uh, salaries, uh, like limits and other things, should be in place. Also, I think it should be an, uh, a sum of I don't know five, six, seven measures that because it's not only from stopping clubs to you know breaking themselves, but also to make it fair to other small clubs that don't have that kind of budget. Because you see from TV broadcasting and then that leads to other kind of budgets or revenues as well. English teams make a lot more money than all the others. So when they play in the UEFA Champions League, 
they have an advantage. So, and it's not just English. You have also Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, and you know other Spanish clubs. But then you you go on to other leagues, and it's so unfair that they all play in the same thing. And also within the leagues, like we were talking the other day about you know Ajax and mm. PSV and Feyenoord being so much further away from all the other Dutch clubs. So I think there should be lots of different measures, but that's a good one. Yeah, also. wealth redistribution is a, a something they've got to look at as well, especially with TV money and stuff like mm. that. It's, yeah. it's See, that, that strikes me as a more fair and equitable, equitable way of doing it, of putting yeah. a cap on transfer spending mm. and on redistribution of money. Mm. Salary caps, I'm less against. Personally, I think if somebody came in and said to me, hey, you can only earn a certain amount, I'd be like, hmm, why? Yeah. Also, legally, I don't think it would fly. No. But well, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. But that, maybe that some salary caps in the club itself. Like the club has a maximum amount of money that they can spend on salary. So yeah. if they want to pay, I don't know, how many million to Neymar, then the other guys will definitely make less. Mm-hmm. Studies have also shown that it's not necessarily the amount of money that you spend on transfers that sort of deems success. It's wage bill. It's usually the clubs with the highest wage bills that, that, oh, that's interesting. that win things. I, yeah. I, I think with, the, with the, the salary cap, especially compared to American sports, which everyone seems to do, they don't have transfer fees. Oh, yeah, so that's, that's true. A completely. What, what if we had a draft pick? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, that'd be great. You're, you're taking like transfer fees out of the equation. Mm. I think the problem with a budget for transfers is that, especially now, like obviously trying to reverse whatever is done now, there isn't a universal acceptance of how much a player is worth. And I think that when you there's there's two the two points to it. First off, a player who is worth a lot. We've just seen it actually with Barcelona and Martin Braithwaite, right? They've signed him. To to them, he's worth 18 million, and they can spend that on the release clause for a few months. To Leganes, he could be worth 50, 60, 80 million if it means them getting relegated from yeah. La Liga. Mm. The same thing happens, you know, all the time when you see a, a, a lesser club, as you put it in England, you know. 50 million for Jack Grealish seems a bit crazy but if Aston Villa get relegated right that's going to be worth a lot more money so therefore Grealish becomes worth 100 million to Villa but if he was at United he'd be a 30 million player so there's there's that kind of difference in, in who's worth who and I think as well they could always in, just they could always just ask us podcast at onefootball.com we can help the official ratings we could do it um, and, and the second side to it is unfortunately um there will be a sort of squabble about players being in the same bandwidth of another player. So, for example, if you bought an 150 million transfer budget, right, and if you wanted to sign Mbappe, is he worth your whole budget? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yes is the answer. And basically, everyone now in these days who's over 150 million, so we'll put Mbappe, Neymar, Salah, and and uh, De Bruyne in that bracket, right? If they all go for 150 million because they're all worth the top price, surely you're thinking, well, hold on, De Bruyne is actually worth 150 million. Mbappe is worth 200. So you're getting De- Mbappe for a cut price. Or it, it's kind of figuring out who's worth what, and you'll eventually get loads of players turning together who aren't worth what they're actually worth. But you well, just that, that sort of happens anyway, but chucking yeah. them in the, in the top boundary. People say it. People say, oh, you know, Van Dyke's worth 150 million to us. 
Right, Liverpool would say that. But then if you're actually going to put him next to Mbappe, is that worth it? And then if there's a boundary, everyone would just say, yeah, we're, he's a category A, let's say. This Honestly, no one's worth 150 million. That's my opinion. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but the thing is, Adriano, if, if you had a boundary at the top, everyone would say that their guy is worth the boundary at the top. It's complicated. Yeah. Very complicated. Yeah. Uh, it might also be complicated for some of the city players and the club. Yes. Or, I mean, there was one journalist, I forget who it was, saying that players will be immediately onto their agents saying, get me the hell out Daniel of here. Daniel Taylor, I think it was. Yeah, he sort of said even the, the nice players. I think Bernardo Silva was kind of the example that sprung to mind. There's a World Cup coming up in a couple of years. Can they afford two years without Champions League football? I don't think they can. But... Um, I mean, it's all up in the air at the moment. We don't really know what's happening. This, they're going to appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Um, there could be a possibility that it drags on so much that they end up playing in the Champions League next season because it's just not, not decided in time. Mm. I have a bit of a theory about the punishment handed down by UEFA. I mean, it came as such, as, such a shock, basically because for the past couple of months, there have been lots of reports saying that City were probably going to escape without a ban and possibly even without a fine. And I've read a few things this week from kind of lawyers who've assessed the publicly available information. You've too much time on your hands here. I certainly do, yeah. Who think there is a a couple of kind of glaring holes in UEFA's uh, case against City, which could get exposed at the Court of Arbitration for Sport, and this whole thing could get thrown out. And I do wonder if... Other clubs, other big players in Europe have kind of got wind of this idea that they weren't going to get a punishment and have said, come on, you need to do something about this. So UEFA have gone, okay, two-year ban, knowing full well that it's probably not going to stand up and then they can always say later down the line, well, we tried to ban them, but the Court of Arbitration for Sport wouldn't let us do that. Mm. I mean, as a City fan, if they were to get off on a technicality, I would find it, I would be quite uneasy about that. I would find it funny, don't get me wrong, but I would, <laughs> I would, I would, I would feel quite uneasy about that because my opinion on it based on the information available to me is that they have done something a little bit dodgy here. It's only an allegation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll stress that. Um, What's the fine? 30 million euros. Uh, probably have that in their back pocket. Yeah. Oh. I, I think they always make it like they always set out something that's worse, like two year, knowing full well that it will be then like taken down. One year. Yeah. Just would, like doping and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My hunch is that it ends up being a one year ban, possibly. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. I mean, uh, Guardiola was asked about it on Sky after the game last night and he said the truth will prevail. Of course so, like I say, they're going big on this we're innocent kind of thing. And I would love nothing more for them to be completely exonerated and everyone owes City a big apology. But yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mean, see it. They've deep pockets in terms of in terms of lawyers. Oh, yeah. They could, they could go for a long time and drag this through the yeah, courts. Yeah, well, there was a quote from uh, Khaldun Al-Mubarak, the chairman a while back, who sort of said, because um, they've already been punished for this once, by the way. This is mm. sort of a reopening of an old case. Who kind of said, rather than accepting another fine, we'd rather spend 30 million on hiring the best lawyers in the world to sue you for into oblivion basically so <laughs> that a real quote uh, it, 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 that was part what picked up from these hacked emails yeah ah oh yeah. yes that were, they were in Der, <laughs> in Der Spiegel uh, okay there was also a game against West Ham yes nothing to mention there bit or, of a non-event to be honest okay. yeah yeah. mad that they have a Premier League game on a Champions League yeah Phil Foden got two minutes at the end which was good to see yeah. <laughs> no he didn't yeah he did only because Silva went off injured as well I think it's ridiculous I mean I've been quite understanding with the sort of uh, the way they've, been, they've handled Foden so far but we're out of the title race we've got 12 Premier League games to go now Start him in every one. Get him some experience under his belt. Then next season he's hit the ground running. 
Especially if Silva's leaving in the summer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Especially if you don't have to fight for the four, top four anymore. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Meanwhile, in Spain, you mentioned it earlier, Braithwaite. Martin Braithwaite. Mm. He sort of sounds like an indie rock guitarist rather than a, a Barcelona. <laughs> the Pash Mode man, bro, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, think that, I always think of Mogwai. I think there might be a Braithwaite and a, a Martin and a Braithwaite in Mogwai. So I think that might be my, my frame of reference for it. Uh, Amy, do you know anything about him? Other than he plays for Leganis? He was um, at He's Bolton. Spanish? Middlesbrough. 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 Well, that was the question going around the other day. Yeah. Since 2009, two players have played for Bar. Well, at least the third player to play for Barcelona and Middlesbrough. Can you name the other two? Ooh. Was Mendieta one? Nope. Be before, that back. was before 2009. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, Rock'em Out. That was before 2009. Janinho? <laughs> no. The other two. Goalkeeper. Oh, Victor Valdez. Yeah. And... Guy plays in the Premier League at the moment who's t- tearing it up. Big tank of a player. Adama Traore. Adama Okay. Wow. He actually made his debut for Barca, subbing in for Neymar. It's decent. Unbelievable, yeah. It's decent. Okay. He looked like a totally uh, different person yeah, yeah, back did. then. <laughs> it's a weird case, this, isn't it? That they, I, they, it's the disgrace, actually. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. You're, you're angry about it? Well, yeah. They've been, the, the, there's a rule that they've been allowed to sign under the club's player from the Liga by meeting their release clause, which, as Matt mentioned earlier, was 18 million euros, I think, 20 million euros, yeah. something like that. Um, but now Leganes can't sign anyone to replace him. Why not? So that they just they can't. They haven't got an injury. Because they don't. The yeah, so they've assessed. Dembele's, uh, Dembele's injury and said he's going to be out for five to six months right. that's serious enough for you to be allowed to sort of activate this loophole in the law uh-huh. but Laganas don't have an injured player to replace him with so they've just lost their best player and they're going in to a relegation down. battle yeah it's a, bit it's harsh, a, it's a disgrace yeah I don't really blame Barca for doing it I just blame La Liga, La Liga for allowing yeah. it yeah, to yeah, happen yeah yeah that, that's the thing it's Barca's taking advantage of the mm. law to and now his release clause is set at 300 million euros Braithwaite's so he'd better do well honestly to, uh, if there's any like <laughs> incredibly rich person who wants to buy Ligan as a buying back before the end of yeah, the season be funny, wouldn't, it? Yeah. wouldn't that be great yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not even the strangest thing that's been going on at Barcelona recently no I, I'm so lost on this can anybody explain it this social media craziness what a mess <laughs> Well, basically, uh, uh, again, this will say these are allegations. Allegations. Yeah. That was according to Cadenasse, which is a very uh, important radio in Spain. Their um, Barcelona directors, mainly the president Bartomeu, hired a couple of internet, social media monitoring agencies to, according to the Bartomeu to monitor social media activities, you know, comments about Barcelona, the directors, the players, this and that. But according to Cadena Ser, to publish stories, um, the same bad things about players that he's not, you know, best friends with and publishing good things about himself. <laughs> he has denied it. <laughs> he has talked to the captains and... Apparently, they have uh, opposite opposite versions, opposite opinions on it. Yeah. Because Messi said, well, if he says so, then it's so, you know. And not so much about Piquet. <laughs> but Piquet it, had strong words about yeah, it. Yeah, both right? of them were, were ones mentioned in the reports from Cadena Ser, as in, you know, having fake news or stuff published in Facebook about them, like harming their image. 
And that's also right after, you know, um, they fire the coach and then Abidal says that the coach was fired because the players were against him. And then Barca says, well, who, who is against him then? If you're going to say it, say it doesn't seem like they have the best environment to be on right now. No, no, no yeah. not at all. Yeah, there was a journalist on Twitter, a Catalan journalist, who was uh, sort of tweeting about, uh, oh no, I've, I've, I've worked closely with Barcelona for a few years. They're a really forward-thinking club. This is a great thing that they're doing on social media and, and this kind of thing. Um, it's not what you think it is. And PK uh, replied to him on Twitter with the word, uh, I've got it written down here, Titea, which in Catalan means puppet. Puppet? Yes. Mm. So that's pretty clear how his feelings on the matter. So yeah. Nice use of Catalan in the podcast. Yes. Yeah, very good. Uh, we've got a couple of questions from listeners. Uh, <clears throat> uh, hi guys, I'm Hirshi. I'm from Mumbai, India. What would your dream five-a-side be if you could pick one player from the Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga and League 1? Great question. Is This is a brilliant yeah. question. It's too many players uh, to pick. Hirshi's <laughs> is uh, Oblak from... Atletico. Uh, at, uh, from, yes, from Atletico. Van Dijk, Kimmich. It's an interesting one. Ronaldo and Mbappe. No Messi in there. It's interesting. Yeah, he chose Obak over Messi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, anybody want to... Technically, you could have Ronaldo, Messi and Neymar in the same team. You could. So why would you not do that? <laughs> Is that what you're going for? Uh, no, then I just look like one of them. <laughs> one of them suckers giving in to the big names. I, I honestly don't know who I'd pick. There's like, how many players is that? No, you've got five players. Five. Yeah, five but side. like, it, to choose from like 3,000. Yeah, but it's just a nice question here. It is a great it? question. Do you want to hear mine? Yeah, yeah. well, well let if, me he's, have a think. if he's going to be sour about it, you no, go ahead. No, just let me, let me think. Yeah. So I've gone for Chesney because he'd have cigarettes for after the game, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Key, for a, key for any five-a-side success. Now, the important thing about five, remember about five aside is it's about scoring more goals than the other team, yeah. basically just outscoring the other team. You don't really need defenders, so I've just gone for loads of attackers. I've okay. gone for De Bruyne, Messi, Mbappe, and Haaland. They've De all got a bit Sorry, of an edge that to again. them. De Bruyne, Messi, Mbappe, and Haaland. Hmm. Oh yeah, Chesney is your yeah, your Chesney, my Serie A representative. Mm. Oh, my Ligue 1 representative would definitely be Mbappe. Okay. No doubt about that. You know, I would always Ronaldo and Messi as well. Um, oh, you're going Ronaldo and Messi? What? You're going with Ronaldo and Messi? I am. Well, okay. that's the basics, right? <laughs> so who have you got left? You've got the Premier League and... Alisson. You go- oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he'd then, be, he'd cover up those little four, those small five-a-side goals. He's imposing. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you've got you've got your and German representative left. A German midfielder, maybe Thiago from Bayern. Good shout. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Have you got over this yet? Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go for some just a load of skills, basically. Like you can't stop doing them on FIFA, just because it would make it fun. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Edison in goal actually, because Edison City, City seems to think that he's the best penalty taker in the squad, which means he's probably a good shooter. So but he'd be in goal, wouldn't he? Yeah, but he can shoot as well. It's five aside. No, the uh, keeper can the keeper score on five aside? Yeah. You can, but it's, it's unlikely, isn't it? Well, he can <sighs> smash the ball pretty hard, yeah. and he's a great keeper as well. Okay, Edison. Then I'm going to go. Oh, some interesting players. I'm going to go for Jack Grealish from the You Premier can't, League. you've already yeah, picked that's Ederson. Too English. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I was thinking about <laughs> uh, outfielders. In that case, I will go you are with. Rubbish at this. I'm terrible at this you game. You have to think about the league and then come up with the best player you have in that league. I don't want to pick the best player. I want to pick someone with like a bit of. Oh, I'm sorry we even asked. Excitement. Them. Right, okay. Bring I'm it back go in the next in podcast. <laughs> I'm going to go Edison in goal. And then I like uh, Dimitri Pyatt from France. 
absolute baller. You're pick. You're picking Dimitri Payet ahead of serious M- skills ahead of Mbappe. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, I, I don't just want to score. You want to do it with some flair. You want some arrogance. You want like kind of playing it off the sideboard. And this is the last time we invite him. <laughs> you can put Neymar if you want some arrogance. Mm-hmm. No, on. no, because I want I want someone to stay on their feet. <clears throat> we, there's no free kicks in five sides. Okay, Dimitri Payet then. Come so on. Dimitri Payet. Um, you have to have some skillful players here. Um, I'm going for Serge Nabry. He's brilliant as well. Serge Nabry. Real okay. flair. Yeah, yeah, that's your dream. Um, You've got Italy. Josip Ilicic from Atalanta. Oh, God. Incredible feat as well. <laughs> Such a skillful player. Go on. Um, and who's the last one from Spain? It's probably going to be Morata or somebody like that. Oh, no, no, no. It's Somewhere. not going to be Messi. Martin Braithwaite. No. <laughs> Diego Costa. Who, who's like a, a really, Morata. really gifted... I will go with... Odegaard. Yes. What a shout. Who? Too flimsy, that team. You need, to, you need a bit of edge to, to play five-a-side. No, no, because they keep the ball. They just won't lose it. Mm-hmm. Ah, you get kicked around. Do you do like, do you like Actually, no, I'll go with Vinicius instead. And Odegaard. Nice. Vinicius. No, I once won a game of five-a-side 2-0. <laughs> a real backs to the wall performance. I bet Simeone studied the tape of that game actually before playing the game. I want to go with a bit of flair, with a bit of, you know, score, score and win like 10 9 or something. Okay, let's see if you can do better at this question then, because you were wrong about that. Uh, Vihan, I was wondering what you think the top five will look like for the Premier mm. League. Uh, Vihan's going with Liverpool, City, Leicester, Sheffield, Wolves. Oof. I'll uh, just say that City are only 22 points behind Liverpool now, so the race is well and truly on yeah. for them. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, don't give me any reasoning. Just give me your names. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Liverpool, City, Leicester, Chelsea, Spurs. Spurs in fifth? Yeah. It's optimistic. Well, Liverpool, City, uh, Leicester, I'd say Sheffield. And I think, you know, Mourinho will make his way up to top. Oh, you're going with him? Yeah. Okay. Mine's the same as Matt's, but Arsenal fifth instead of Spurs. Yeah, that's probably a better ship. Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Matthew and Dan. We'll be back next week, but should you miss us in the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast hit. And if you want to send in your five-a-side team, the address to do so is podcast.onefootball.com.